0: I am super excited to introduce my guest. He's an actor, producer, public speaker. He's famously known for playing the character Tom Thumb in the Best Picture Oscar nominated Golden Globe winning feature film, The Greatest Showman. I want to welcome Sam Humphreys to the podcast. Welcome to the show.
1: Hi, and thanks for having me. Uh, it's such an honor and a privilege to be here on your podcast today. Well,
0: it's an honor to have you. You know, when I heard about your story, you know, that's why I created my podcast, because mm. it's such your story, your journey into Hollywood is such an inspirational journey. You know, for me, mm. as a kid, you know, I, I had this dream, you know, if a kid like me can come out to Hollywood with 200 bucks in my pocket, a one-way ticket, didn't know a soul out here and make yeah. the dream a reality. You know, why can't the listener out there? If a, a kid like you can come from Australia and work side by side with Hugh Jackman in an <laughs> Academy Award nominated Golden Globe winning film, then why right. can't they? So exactly. I, I'm so proud and happy to have you on the
1: podcast. Thank you. Yeah, definitely a huge honor for me to be on here today.
0: So tell me, you know, when did you uh, know? That you wanted to be an actor. When did you get bitten by that acting bug?
1: Mm. Yes, so I was bitten by the acting bug very, very early on in my childhood, actually. I mean, a lot of people always have the, you know, big dream of being an astronaut, a fireman, an actor when they're, like, you know, really young. And I wanted to be an actor... I was like five years old but that was like you know when you're that young it's like saying you want to be a national you want to be a fireman a policeman so no one takes it seriously. But I started doing these little plays and skits with family friends in front of our parents and then a few years on when I was eight years old that was when I truly like started pursuing acting as a hobby and that was the first time I actually saw Hugh Jackman on the big screen and I was like that's the guy that's who I want to be like I want to be like Hugh Jackman and that's uh that's kind of I guess officially when the acting bug bit me
0: I love that so Mm -hmm. what what was the film that you saw Hugh Jackman in
1: uh X-Men Excellent. So, uh, just like every other, I don't know, kid or boy, I uh, made fake claws out of cardboard and I ran around my house screaming and pretending to kill bad guys.
0: <laughs> I love that. You know, it, I think there's a lot of power to that. You know, having mm. a vision saying I'm going to do that. Mm. You know, I mean, I know for me. Quick story. When I was 16, you know, I was I was sitting on my couch watching a TV show called The Fall Guy. And it was about Hollywood and stunt men and all of this stuff. And I I would see myself doing that. I said, I'm going to do that. You
1: yeah, know, and yeah. then when
0: I came out to Hollywood at 18, my first audition was for The Fall Guy. Oh,
1: wow. That's <laughs> and the amazing. character,
0: and the character's name was Billy. <laughs> And it was a guest starring role on the show and it got me my SAG card and it got wow. me Taff lead and you know, it started my career. But I truly mm-hmm. believe that when you say it, you speak it and you believe it, and you say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to work with that person. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. You're telling the universe, changing the channel to that vibration, like this is going mm-hmm. to happen. I'm going to make this dream a reality. And yeah, you did. I mean, you, you're tuning
1: into like the frequency of the universe, and um, as very similar to you, which you know I've mentioned a lot of times, is that I was in my bedroom at one point and I was staring out the window. I don't know what came over me, but I was staring out my bedroom window, and I was like, somehow I don't know when, where, or how it happened, but I'm going to work with you, Jackman, and I'm going to walk through the red carpet, and then literally one year later. I'm walking the red carpet with Hugh Jackman after, you know, co-starring in The Greatest Showman. And I'm just like, there's so much power in, like, visualisation and, like, speaking it into being and, like, really believing it with all your heart. So, like, you know, that's what I tell people. Like, you really got to have a vision and a belief for it. And then you can make anything happen, really.
0: Yeah. But then you got to take some massive action. You can dream, but you know, you gotta, you gotta say, okay, this is the dream, you know, Mm. wonderful. But you know, it's, it's really taking that massive action. I know for me, you know, I took massive action. I, at 18, Mm. you know, bought a one-way ticket to Hollywood. Didn't have a plane back. There was yeah. no, failure was not an option. There was no, exactly. you know, they say you want to take the island, burn the boat. There was no boat back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So failure was not an option. I knew I I was relentless in the pursuit of it. And I had that frequency. You know, I, mm-hmm. I knew, I knew. What I was selling to Hollywood, you know, yeah. you know, I truly believe like when I came out, I have a, a you know, New York accent. People say, oh, you got to lose that accent or whatever. I'm like, no, that's who I am. You know, that's that's what makes me different from the other actors yeah. in, the, in the lobby. That's why I stand out. So, yeah. you know, I just use that, you know, my cast ability. And that led to roles, you know, in Hollywood. Yeah. I, how, yeah. How's it been for you?
1: Um, I mean, it's definitely been a little tricky because, like, you know, I, one thing is I'm four foot two, so that definitely kind of, I wouldn't say limits, but it definitely, you know, puts a unique spin on the amount of roles and characters that I can necessarily play without having necessarily a unique backstory to the character. And then also I have, like, this Aussie, a mixed mash of this Aussie New Zealander accent, so... Similar to you, like when I came out here, a lot of like casting and a lot of people were saying, you need to lose that accent, but like you need to develop an American accent. And for the longest time, I tried to develop the American accent, but I just couldn't do it. And so then I got to a point where I was just like, you know what? I am who I am. I have this, this unique accent. And in a way, like that's what will separate me from the pack. Like, you know, people will want me for my unique accent. They'll want me for my unique height. And especially during COVID, I actually got into animation a lot. And I started doing voiceover because of my accent. It's so unique and different from, you know, the American accent. So, yeah.
0: Love that. Love that. You didn't let anything, you know, stop you. I mean, I truly believe (laughs) that's your star power. You know, Mm -hmm. I I believe, you know, that God created you a masterpiece, Mm -hmm. you know, and that this is who you are. This is your star power. This is your, Mm. you know, what makes you unique from everybody else. So use that be you. It's fun, you know, creating a character, but you, you know, what I teach here in my school is, you know, okay, well, yeah, you want to create this character, but you want to take your gold, your life experience, you Mm -hmm. know, everything that's ever happened to you in life, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that, that's your gold as an actor. And if you can bring your soul, your, your unique abilities to that role, that's truly what's going to make you stand out from the crowd.
1: Yeah, I was actually just walking past the shop the other day, and um, I was looking in the window, and they had like all these different t-shirts, and I took a photo of it, and one of them says, there's only one you, and that's your superpower, and I was just like, that's, you know, that's amazing, I love that quote, I I mean, that is your superpower, there is only one you in the universe, so use that.
0: Chris, okay, so, so let's go, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. So you want to, you know, you want to be an actor at eight, you know, for me, it was 11. I knew they were filming a movie in my neighborhood and I saw all the cameras and the trucks and all this stuff. And I ran down the street. I said, what's going on here? And I said, we're making a movie. I said, how do you get in a movie? I want to be in a movie, <laughs> you know? So I was showed a picture and a resume. I ran home, took a Polaroid picture of myself, wrote some stuff down on a piece of loose leaf paper, ran down to the director. And I said, here's my picture and resume. Long story short, they gave me a little part in that film and I got bit by the acting bug. Yeah. You know, at, yeah. at 11. And then, you know, shortly after they were filming a movie called Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta, and I watched Ooh, I them that. Yeah. film that movie till like wee hours in the morning and, you know, the girl screaming and him coming out of the, you know, I was <laughs> like, ah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> you yeah. know? So I was highly motivated to to make that, you know, dream a reality. But, Mm. you know, a lot of people didn't believe me. You know, there were a lot of Mm. naysayers. A lot of people didn't believe, you know, how's a a kid from the streets of Brooklyn, from a broken home, you know, how are you going to become an actor in Hollywood? But I believed it, you know. So Mm. I always say, don't listen to the naysayers, you know, even like family members, they may not believe in you. If you believe it and it's in your heart, And this gift of acting was given to you. That's your superpower. That's your, you know, that's your light. You want to shine that light and take it. And, you know, I love how you're shining your light and really letting, you know, people know, you know, this is me. So bravo to you. So how do you how do you make the dream like okay you're eight and you want to act and whatever and i don't know was your family supportive of it did you did you study acting i mean how do you how how do you go from looking out your window going i'm gonna make a movie with you jackman to walking the red carpet with you jackman how does that yeah, happen? Yeah.
1: well so when i was eight years old like you know the the goal was to be an actor and so I studied I ended up studying it in high school Um, I never went I never did any like formal training like going to acting school or anything like that because like similar to you like my family was not like you know we didn't have a lot of money or anything like that so I just studied it and pursued it, you know, where I could and, you know, when I could. And so it was through high school and like after school programs and things like that. And then any chance I could, you know, I practiced acting. I did it with friends. I did like little plays and things like that. And then, you know, one thing led to another. I managed to get like an agent who, you know, because I was short-statured, I got an agent um in the UK who represented like, represented really different and unique people so like they represented really tall people and really short people and I actually completely forgot that I had that agency like I'd signed up to them like two years prior to landing Greatest Sherman. and out of the blue one day um they sent me an email going do you um they sent me an email saying we have an audition for The Greatest Showman and I was like oh what's at the time it was called The Greatest Show on Earth and I was like oh this is a Bit of a bizarre name, and it said 20th Century Fox on the top of the email, and I was like, Well, this seems like a hoax I don't know what was going through my mind but I literally my finger was on the delete button and I was about to delete the email um and my life could have been so different had I had pushed the delete button every fiber in my body was like no you're an actor like you've got to pursue this hoax or no hoax so I pursued it um I did an audition for it and then I got uh, shortlisted, and then I was on, like, a Skype call with the director, and, you know, I flew to Canada and met with the director, and it all happened so fast. So, yeah, I mean, you just got to take, it's like taking one day at a time, you know, like, you have the dream, you have the goal, and then you you do, like, little plays, and then you do it, you know, you do it in high school, and then maybe you take after school extracurricular activities, and then, you know, you just got to, Pursue every opportunity that you can. And um, one thing that I tell like everyone, which is kind of like my little secret, is make sure everyone around you, I don't care who it is, if it's your neighbor, your parents, your sister, your brother, you know, some random person on the street, everyone who knows you, make sure they know that you want to be an actor or that's your passion. Because the moment they know Are always going to be on the lookout for those opportunities. And that's what happened for me. Like all my friends, all my family, like everyone that I told that I want to be an actor, all of a sudden they always had their eyes open for opportunities. And if something came up, no matter how big or small, they would text me or they would email me and be like, Sam, we just heard about this or we heard about that. And maybe you want to look into that. So, you know, make sure everyone knows that that's your passion.
0: Love that. So, you know, you, you, you studied your craft, you did, you know, acted whenever you could, which I tell Mm -hmm. my actors all the time, there's no small roles, act, act, Mm -hmm. you know, it's about just getting, you know, it's repetition, it's, it's putting the work, it's, you know, keep putting yourself out there, you know, you never know that little short film or student film whatever you may have a one line in it but you know that director may remember you next time they're directing a big feature film and go hey yeah. i remember you you were in my short film and you know you it's about relationships and people yeah. like you and they want to work with you and being a professional and being prepared and you know all those all those things you want to do as an actor you know when you're working on a set let's talk about that a little bit you know so who yeah. was the director of the greatest showman
1: michael gracie
0: great and what was it like working with him
1: He was really funny, actually, because I'm originally a Kiwi and he's an Australian. And so Kiwis and Australian have these, like, little friendly rivalry going on. And so he always gave me, like, a lot of kind of, he gave me a lot of like crap on the set like friendly like you know uh, rivalry stuff like he was always like making jokes at me and like poking fun at me because he actually thought I was Australian and then at the very end of the like production and everything he wrote me like this nice nice like thank you card and said how amazing it was to work with me and like that I like my craft and my skill as an actor just grew like every day that he saw me on set. He said to me that it was truly magical just to see me like work with. All, all of my co-stars because he said that he saw like the car throwing me as I worked with them and then he actually he was like he gave me like a little apology he was like actually I found out that you're Kiwi so I shouldn't have given you as much rubbish as I gave you but I was like it was all in good fun so it was very fun to work with him I couldn't have th- thought of a you know better first time director to work with than Mark Gracie.
0: Awesome. Mm. How about Hugh Jackman? What was it like working with Hugh?
1: I mean, absolutely mind-blowing for me since it was just like full circle from, you know, him being my like childhood hero and idol from when I was eight years old to, you know, 14 years later to being on set with him. Just, it was absolutely uh, such a magical moment. And when I told him that, he was just like, he was a little bit blown away himself, because he was like, well, that's, you know, not many people get to, you know, have that full circle moment. And I had many moments on set where, like, I just a little bit fan, I guess, fanboyed, or (laughs) fangirled over it, because I was like, I can't believe, like, that I'm actually on set, like, literally this close to, like, my childhood hero. And there was one moment, well actually there was several moments, but um two moments that really stand out for me is my first day on set with you, where we were filming in the cabin in Charles Stratton's cabin. And I was having like a lot of trouble getting into character because like it was a lot for me to you know be on set and then being this close to him and acting with him. And then suddenly he gave me like this, he gave me this pet talk. I just started breaking down in tears because he was like you're really special and really unique and like you came all the way from Australia and like you know out of you know thousands of people that auditioned like you got the role and so it just made me break down in tears like how like amazing he was like being like to you know try and get me over this like stuck moment and another moment was um, when we were on in the bar dancing and everything and he walks back up to the bar and I'm standing there and he looks up at me and I know it was to my character but I felt like he was saying it like to me um, and he looks up at me and he says because it all brought me back to you and I just couldn't help but break down and tears like in character and like just me personally, because I was just like it was such a personal moment for me as well. Like to have him like say that to like me slash my character, so yeah, that's a moment I'll never forget.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> did you have to like pinch yourself and go, "Is this real?" <laughs>
1: there were a lot of a lot of times where I was like, "Am am I dreaming?" If yeah. so this is uh, an incredible dream. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: It's amazing when that happens. You know, I grew up watching a TV show called Taxi with an actor named Tony Danza. And I used to love watching that show. It had such a great cast and it was a sitcom. And that was one of my favorite shows. And I grew up watching Sylvester Stallone uh, and Rocky. You know, I remember seeing Rocky for the first time. It was such an inspirational movie for me. You know, as, as a little kid, I, I was, you know, bullied and, you know, I was a scrawny little kid. And, you know, when I saw that, it just motivated me to you know, start working out and eating raw <laughs> eggs, you know, do my Rocky routine. And, and it really changed my life. So, but cut to me in Hollywood and I, I'm, I've been cast opposite Tony Danza on a TV series called Who's wow. the Boss? So uh-huh. me and him are, you know, you know, working G- next to yeah. each other. And I'm like, and then we go play golf. You know, we do a table <laughs> reading. And then we go play golf when we show up to the golf course. And who's there? Sylvester Stallone. And he knows oh, Tony. I'm like, hey, hey, Tony, what's up? Right. Yeah. We, so now we're playing golf together and I'm on the putting green. I'm putting and I look to my left and there's Tony Danza. Grew up watching him. Tony Banta on taxi. And there's Rocky <laughs> and me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is weird. This it's is like such a
1: surreal moment.
0: Yeah, very surreal. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I love that. So Oscars. Did you get to go to the Oscars?
1: Yeah. I mean, I went to uh, I went to like the Golden Globes. I didn't get to go. I wasn't in, in the actual Oscar room, which mm-hmm. will happen one day. That's, uh, That's one of my huge ambitions. Well you
0: just planted the um, seed.
1: <laughs> exactly exactly um and i actually have a little 3d printed out oscar that Love i keep it. with me um by my bedside and i look wow. at it and i'm always like like practicing and thinking of what i will say when i one day accept my oscar so uh that. that's out in the universe but yeah so i got to go like to the oscar event and like you know be um at the oscar like after parties and stuff like that and That was all, you know, all a surreal moment because I'm like, am I like, we've been, you know, a Golden Globe winning film, like we won a Golden Globe and I'm like, now we've been Oscar nominated and I'm just like, is this, I'm like, is this really my life? Like from this, like being this small little kid growing up in New Zealand to suddenly being at like the Golden Globes and the Oscars, I'm like, Yeah, I'm just like, these are like pinch worthy moments for me. I'm just like, this is huge. So yeah.
0: So what about family and friends? What do they think about that? I mean, I know for me, when I came out to Hollywood, and I I told everybody my dream, and then Mm. all of a sudden, they're, I'm on TV every Saturday night at eight o'clock, they can watch me on my own TV series, (laughs) or they can go to the movie theater and buy a ticket to a movie that I'm starring in. So you know, how was that for you? Like you know, people back home, people in yeah. Australia. You know, like what what did what was that like? The um,
1: family. well, they always call me. My nickname now is Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> um, so and my dad actually my dad actually used to always call me that growing up because uh like well, you no. know, I always said I wanted to be an actor. So, you know, everyone um calls me Mr. Hollywood. And so when I do go back home, everyone's just everyone always asks me, you know, how's that how's the acting life? Like any big projects coming up, anything new? And I'm always like, you know, if there is, I can't exactly talk about it, you know. NDAs, you know, all that stuff. But, yeah, they're all proud of me. And uh, actually, the moment when I, like, found out that I got the role of Tom on The Greatest Showman, and then I, like, told my family, they're like, no way. They're like, is this real? I was like, I, was like, I can't even believe in myself. Like, I'm telling you, I've been cast in a 20th Century Fox feature film. Like, and I'm like, I can't even believe it. And, and let alone, it's going to be opposite Hugh Jackman. I'm like, it coming out of my mouth. Like, I couldn't even believe saying those words, let alone them, like, hearing me tell them that that's going to happen. And so, like, everyone, like, once everyone found out and the trailer came out, actually, when the trailer came out and people, like, from my hometown started seeing my face in the trailer, my phone started blowing up because, obviously, I couldn't tell people. And then, suddenly, they see my face in, like, a trailer. They're like pausing the trailer like wait is that do i know him like is that sam and then like they're texting me and messaging me they're like did i just see your face in a like hollywood trailer and i'm like yep that's me like i can now tell people about it so like it just went crazy so definitely surreal moment yeah So, you know,
0: for me, when I came out to Hollywood, yeah, I booked that first acting job and I got my SAG card and it was like, woohoo, I'm on TV, guest starring on a show. But the actor's life, it's not, you know, it's not all, you know, okay, yeah, that happened. And then there was nothing, you know, (laughs) and, you know, auditioning and, you know. You know, starving artist. I had, I got an apartment, but I had no furniture in it. You know, I, I remember I stole all the pool furniture from the the pool, the patio <laughs> furniture. I had my bed was like a lounge chair, and I had a styrofoam cooler, which is my uh, my my refrigerator, and you know, I even had the umbrella in there until somebody found out that you know I took <laughs> it. And I had to give it all back. But, you know, it's not all like, you know, what people think, you know, it's a roller coaster ride, you know, sometimes yes. it's feast, sometimes it's famine, sometimes it's up, it's down, you know, so what has this acting journey been like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is crazy, because like, for me, like, I feel like I entered the industry, like, on top, like, you know, I was a talented but also very lucky to get, you know, such an iconic and huge role that I did where, like, entering the industry, like, a lot of actors and a lot of entertainers, like, they start at the bottom, right, and they build their way up to such a huge role. But I got that role, and so for me, it it's very, it's very, like, it's been very, like, weirdly hard for me because getting that role and then like having all that acclaim and all that success and then suddenly after all that's done like all of a sudden kind of going back to the bottom and then having to start again because even though like I've got that under my belt and like a lot of people know me and like the I have credibility from that like it's still it gives me it gives me a way in, but like I still have to prove myself. Like even like when I do auditions and stuff like that, like people know me from Grace Sherman, but that still doesn't like automatically, you know, cast me. I'm known from Great Sherman, but I'm not like you know, an A lister. I'm not like a B lister. Like I still have to prove that I have the talent, and I still have to prove that you know I can play the role or play the character that they want. So it gives me a little bit of credibility, but I still have to put in the work. I still have to, you know, I still have to do all like training. I still have to, you know, connect with people and build my relationships and all that kind of stuff. Um, and right now, like I've gone through that development of my. Career. Korea where like I've gone through several different you know agencies and I've gone through that process of self-development and also trying to understand who I am as an actor and so and building that brand like who is Sam Humphrey as an actor besides the characters that I'm playing so like all, a lot of people don't like necessarily understand that there's a lot more to acting than just you know being on the screen and, you know, going to these, you know, award shows and, you know, wealth, you know, all of that is the fun side of acting, but then there's also the non-glamorous side of acting that a lot of people need to also realise that that's a huge, that's going to be like probably 80% of the acting world and the acting industry is needing to do all that, you know, work and self-development and figuring out who you are when, the cameras aren't on and when you're not attending all these big, you know, award shows and things like that. So um, it's definitely been an uphill battle in terms of also dealing with like a lot of um, internal emotions as well, because there's definitely, um, you know, moments where you're on top of the world and then there are moments where you're like, is acting what I really want to do, you know, some days because there is a lot of hardship in it and that's what people need to realize as well.
0: Sure. There's a lot of rejection. There's a lot mm. of self-doubt. There's a lot of, you know, that you like, you know, like I said, you can have three auditions in one day and then not have three auditions in a month. Exactly. You know, you, I truly believe you have to find something else that really fills you up. Mm. You know, you can't base your happiness on whether or not you got an acting job. You know, if you love mm. acting, then you can act every day. You don't need be, to be getting paid for it. You can be working, you know, in a class, you can be pulling, you know, just working on you know, the craft, the self tapes. I mean, you know, it's the, the business has changed drastically, you know, yeah. since the pandemic, everything's online, everything's self tapes and zoom callback. So, you know, I tell my actors all the time, this is the time right now. It's really to master that, you know, really work yeah. on your self tapes, find pieces of material, your cast ability, what kind of roles do you see yourself playing and really find a piece of material, a monologue or something online. And then just put yourself on tape film yourself practice learning how to light yourself how to you know frame yourself you know really taking your self-tapes to the next level because you know it's very competitive and there's going to okay. be actors you know putting themselves on tape with the wrinkle curtain and the sides in the hand and then there's going to be an actor that really takes it to the next level you know okay. it's bringing bringing the character showing them the character you know and i truly believe that's what separates you from them is one you know really creating the character, creating a backstory for the character. Maybe you just got two pages aside for, for the material. You know, you don't really know a lot about the character. It's up to you to create the character and make some choices mm. and know what their childhood was like and know what's going on in their world. Know what their pain is, you know, and we all yeah, have it. Yeah. You got That's the first thing I look for in a character is where's their pain? You know, even if you mm. cover it, but you got to know where it is, you know, and then you got to ask yourself, okay, well, Who does this character become because I'm playing this character? What do I have in my actor toolbox? Where's my stuff that I can, you know, my soul that I can put into this role? So when they see it, they feel it. And Mm -hmm. I truly believe that's how you become a working actor is, is, you know, leaving a piece of your soul every time and really making them feel whatever the given circumstances of the scene are, you know, showing them, make them feel that, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. they'll become a fan of your work. Even if you're not right for the part, you didn't play it safe. You know, I think, you yeah, know, there was,
1: yeah, there was one, sorry, uh, there was one audition that, um, I did, um, unfortunately I didn't land the, land the part, but, um, there was one audition that I did and, like, that day, like, I guess I was just feeling a lot of stuff and, like, I really brought that into the role so far, like, because the role was my girlfriend had, like, been murdered and, um, even though I didn't, that wasn't necessarily a role that was for me, but like I just bought everything that I was feeling in so far to, I broke down crime. Like literally I broke down crime like during that audition because like, you know, my girlfriend had been murdered and I was feeling a lot of stuff in myself with like all my personal stuff. And I was just like, well, let me bring this into the role and like i mean it was a really strong audition i mean um yeah awesome. so i just wouldn't right like for that role
0: yeah but that you know what you did is you made a fan i i guarantee <laughs> that casting director saw you and felt that emotion then because it was real you weren't acting <laughs> that you were just taking your truth your soul and handing it over and exposing it through the character and it fit right i mean you <laughs> know the characters going through some grief lost uh you know the, the, the girlfriend so you just took your truth and, and, and put it in there. And that casting director, I guarantee you didn't, you know, you might've not been right for the role, but they're going to make, they became a fan of your work and mm-hmm. something else is going to come down the road, another role. And they're going to go, Oh, we should bring Sam. Remember what he did last time? He didn't play it mm-hmm. safe and he was vulnerable. He was truthful, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff. That's your goal as an actor and that's the stuff yeah. that you want to mine and, and give. You know, acting is like being naked, bearing your soul. This is me here. This is everything, you know, and not caring what other people think. You Mm -hmm. know, that's why,
1: like, I mean, I always say like acting and I'm sure everyone says acting is not for the faint of heart Mm because you really need to bear your soul when you're acting. But then at the same time, you need to learn how to be able to turn it off when you're not acting Because if you can't distinguish the difference between, you know, being on while you're acting and then being able to turn it off when you're not acting, it can destroy you. Like, I mean, unfortunately, and this is what kind of, it hurts me a little bit, that some of our greatest actors that we've had in this industry have, like, gone so deep into a role that they haven't been able to come out of it. Like, and it just makes me think of, like, something of our just, like, Heath Ledger. Like, mm-hmm. for example, like, the Joker was such a powerful, you know, role, but, like, I feel like it just, like, it became him so much that maybe... You know, he couldn't distinguish the difference between playing the role and not playing the role. So, like, you know, sometimes it's, it's it can be dark. So, yeah.
0: Sure. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with you know the dark?
1: I mean, I think, and I think it's being able to distinguish like there's the character and then there's you like learning to learning the difference between you turning it on being that character and then learning what you are outside that character and like when you're not acting and you're not being that character is being like okay these are the traits of that character but those traits of that character aren't who I am and they don't define me so and then also as soon as you're done playing that character, like just let it go, fully let it go. And that's the same thing with an audition. It's like once you're done with an audition, um, because a lot of actors, like they start thinking about that audition too much. And they're like, did I get it? You know, um, am I going to land that role? Like, oh, it's been like a week. I haven't heard anything back about it. Just like, you got to do that audition and you got to let it go. If you're right for the character, they'll call you up otherwise like there's no no good comes from you constantly thinking about it and constantly thinking about whether or not you got it or why you didn't get it or you know who who got it like that doesn't help you that's just a lot of a lot of energy and and negativity that goes into your like your mind and your soul that doesn't help you at all you know you just gotta let it all go so you know that's that's one thing that I try to tell everyone is just do what you have to do because it's like your job and your passion but then once you've done it just let it go you know let it flow down the river
0: exactly I mean it's great advice you know for me it's I say give everything you have 150% in that audition and not go in there trying to get anything. Just go to give, shine your light. You know, this, this talent was given to you, go in there to play, make some big choices, have fun, give 150%. And yeah, correct. Let it go. Throw those sides out. If, If you need to print them up again for a callback, great, but just let it go. I mean, I know for me, I used to come out of the audition and I'd be driving on the way home, running my lines and I'd be like, wait a second. The audition's over. (laughs) Why am I running my lines? You know, it's like, let it go. You have to truly let it go and move on and find some, something else that fills you up. You know, whatever it is, go work out, go take a walk on the beach, go meditate, go breathe, go find something that reboots you and get, gets you present in the now and not being in the past. The past is the past. You can't change the past. If as long as you give everything you have 150%, then You know, you've done your job, pat yourself on the shoulder and go, good job. And then move on next. You know, you just keep moving on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say like, no regrets. So like, I mean, if you like, again, yeah, like you said, the past is the past, like have no regrets about that. You've done what you've done. You've left it all in the room. You've done the best job that you possibly can do. And have no regrets about that. If you're right for it, you're right for it. If not, you know, the next opportunity could be your big opportunity. So yeah.
0: I'm curious. Did you watch the Oscars last night?
1: I didn't watch the Oscars, but I definitely heard about everything that went on. So yeah, yeah
0: it, was, it, was a, it was a strange Oscars, let's just say that. <laughs> but you know what I what I really love was Coda winning best picture. You know, what did you what did you think of that?
1: I mean, there's definitely a lot of incredible talent and a lot of uh, you know. Phenomenal. I mean, I haven't seen the film yet, so I can't say too much about okay. it. Um, I definitely have to say it. though.
0: Well, you should see it. It's, it's It was a really good picture. I mean, I think it was a seminal moment for, you know, the disabled community. I mean, it's a film mm. about, you know, a deaf girl and, you know, the whole, you know, the family's deaf. And it was just, you know, for a little independent film like that to, you know, win best picture, it says a lot. Mm. And I hope that that really truly opens doors for for more you know accuracy oh yeah
1: absolutely I mean I'm working on projects uh right now about um you know diversity and inclusion and um trying to get projects in the door that help to boost that those discussions and really you know create proper representation for the disabled community in Hollywood because I truly believe that there needs to be more accurate representation for people of diversity inclusion and especially disability because a lot of the mainstream don't really uh represent that too well.
0: Can you tell me about rare?
1: Oh, rare. Rare is like another term that I have for disability. Because I find the term disability, even though it's not a bad word, I find it's been too overstigmatized in our you know, community and our society. So for me, I always try and use the word rare ability instead of disability because. Whether or not you're, quote unquote, disabled or, you know, we're all unique. We're all rare. So I say wearability instead of disability. Um, But I always have to put in brackets, disability, because no one really knows what rare or wearability is or means at the moment. So I'm trying to get that term more out there into the the world and in society.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Mm. Bravo. Thank you. (laughs) So can you tell me, it's uh, you know, I read in your bio that you're an author.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have, done a co-authored book called ignite possibilities and that's on amazon um and i have my story like my life journey and story in that book it's called from near death to hollywood yes yeah, so i went through a lot of challenges you know from my birth to you know where i am now um i struggle with suicide depression um lack of confidence and my doctor's When I was growing up, my doctors had actually mentioned that I might not survive past my 18th birthday. And they had mentioned to myself and to my parents that if I did make it past my 18th birthday they couldn't guarantee what quality of life I would have. And so, yeah, so that was always the hardest thing to, you know, be told and have to grow up with. And because of being told, um, you know, about the possibility of not making it past my 18th birthday, that unfortunately did lead me to, you know, dealing with suicide. And I believe that if I was going to, die before 18 or by 18 that you know I wanted to end my life on my own terms and so that led me to suicide because you know having to deal with mortality at such a young age was very very tough and I think that's what also is why I like know what I want to achieve and that's why I have such high goals and ambitions for myself because you know I never know what, when, you know, my life could be over. I never know what day might be my last. So I just want to have no regrets about the choices I make and the goals that I, you know, strive for.
0: Beautifully said.
1: Thank you. And
0: if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now?
1: I will be 28 in roughly 30 days.
0: Wow. Well, happy so, yeah. birthday in advance.
1: Thank you. <laughs> ah.
0: So what's the vision? What's the goal? What do you, what do you have? You know, what do you see yourself doing? I mean, listen, you had the vision of you working with you, Jackman, you know, you gotta, you gotta plant those seeds. Now you gotta really see, you know, I mean, I, you know, the Oscar, listen, I have, I have an Oscar on my wall over here. I have an Oscar. I even taped an Oscar to my, my faucet. So every time I turn the water on, I got a whole, I got to touch the Oscar, you know, (laughs) But, but what's your vision? What are, what are your goals? What do you, what do you see happening?
1: As, you know, being wanting to be an actor, I always thought, like, the long-term goal was to get into producing. And actually, because of COVID, I am now in producing. Because of COVID, I decided to start doing producing work because I couldn't, you know, be on set, and um, COVID shut down a lot of production. And so I'm actually working on several um, projects that are in development right now, um, live action and animation. And then my long-term goal is to, you know, win an Oscar, and Golden Globe, and all those kinds of things. And then I'm actually working on a brand that I um, started developing during COVID called the little guy and our slogan is standing up for the little guys and it's basically about bridging the gap of equality and bridging the gap of you know um, all the different social classes because my personal philosophy at the end of the day is we're all human beings like nothing really separates us from one another like I mean yeah we're all different you know we're different ethnicities different races we believe different things we have different political views But at the end of the day, we're all human beings, and I believe that shouldn't separate us from, you know, one another. And so that's what the little guy is all about, is bridging that gap of equality and, um, you know, financial you know, inequality as well. And so I'm creating that to start programs around, you know, food insecurity, education, for, you know, disability, for um, gender equality, all those kinds of things. So I'm developing programs that bridge that gap right now. Bravo. So thank you.
0: That's pretty awesome. I, I never thought I'd make it to 18 either. But I, that's yeah. because I, I ran away from home when at 15. I was right. running the streets of Brooklyn and getting into dumb things. And, you know, you know, I saw my best friend get shot in the head in front of me when I was you oh, know, 16. So I mean, I, I grew up wow. in a neighborhood where I didn't think I was going to make it to 18. And I battled depression and and a lot of that stuff. So what it would be your advice to somebody that's kind of going through that? You know, I, I know right now during this time, there are a lot of people suffering from suicidal thoughts. And you know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know I deal with it on a daily basis. I deal with a lot of young actors and, and their parents tell me, or they, 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 somebody at school that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad to see how many, I mean, I deal with mm-hmm. it on a weekly basis. They're talking somebody off the ledge or somebody dealing mm-hmm. with somebody loss of, you know, somebody who did commit suicide or, or try to commit suicide. So what would be your advice to somebody like that?
1: from my personal experiences, and I didn't do this, and that's why I really advocate for people to do this. Um, I never reached out when I was dealing with suicide myself, but I really advocate that You need to reach out. You need to speak to people. Like, even if it's just one person, it really helps to talk about this with someone so they know what you're going through and they can always be your support system so that they can check in with you every day. Like, whether or not it's every day or every few days, that they can text you, they can call you, they can message you, you know, they can let you know that you're loved, they can let you know that you have friends and that you have a support system around you. There are many, there are many organizations out there that are trying to help people deal with this. And I know that. There's, you know, it's a lot of the younger people that are going through this right now, especially with, you know, in today's society, we're dealing with a lot of uncertainty around the world. We don't know what's going to happen. And especially being in the industry of acting, it's a very tough industry to be in. And so that's why, like I always say, it's not for the faint of heart, Um, but definitely get those support systems around you. Have someone that you can talk to, whether it's your best friend, your parent, you know, a therapist, and I don't do this myself, Um, But I've definitely, you know, thought about it. If you need to seek therapy, then seek therapy. Like it's, it's a stigma in today's world that, you know, if you're in therapy that you're, you know, that you're weak, but that's not true. Like, we all need help. We all need support at times. Um, So please, like, if you need to speak to someone, if you need to seek therapy, then please seek therapy. Like, it can be very, very refreshing for the soul. And talking about it is always very helpful. Rather than, you know, burying it all inside and letting it, you know, overwhelm you. It can be very hard. So definitely let it out.
0: Yeah. Especially if you're an actor. I mean, if you're an Mm -hmm. actor, you know, you're lucky because you, you know, other people that don't have this ability to let it out through a character, expose Mm -hmm. it, expose your pain to, let's say you wanted to yell and scream. Well, you know, you can't do that Mm -hmm. out in the world. They'll lock you up. But, but what if you could take all that channel, all that stuff and put it, find a piece of material and let it out through the character and expose it through the character? It's, you know, it's, it's great that we, as actors, we have that ability to, Mm. Channel that stuff that, you know, that's what I said. I mean, everything that happens to you in life, they, they, that that's your gold. Everything that you're going through in life, that's your goal as an actor. And if mm. you can take that and channel it into a role, you know, it's it's therapeutic to let it go mm. and free yourself up. You know, I know bottling it up doesn't work. Kind of surfaces in other places, you know, like anxiety and depression, and, you know, just holding it on. So your advice is uh, spot on. I mean, get some help, talk to somebody, let it out, you know, mm. free yourself from some of that, that noise, you know, and a lot of times it's noise. It's this little monkey brain thoughts telling us, you know, these negative things or lack or fear or whatever. And mm-hmm. and that's not truly who you are. I mean, yeah, I, I mean,
1: you where know, are our worst enemies? Like, you know, no matter how um, you can be the most talented person in the world, and you'll still deal with you know all these voices in your head. you'll still feel like you're not good enough, you still feel like you're letting people down like you know and and that's just in a nutshell that's just us as human beings we're vulnerable we're vulnerable creatures. we always need to be told that you know we're loved that we're valued that we're enough that we're this is me the you know the message you've got to them. this is who you are and you are good enough and that's why unfortunately the people that you know have committed suicide and have, you know, gone, you know, into depression and all that kind of stuff, they haven't been told enough that they're loved or they haven't had, you know, been in communities or been around people that have given the true support that they need. And so, you know, I'm a huge advocate of mental health. I went through it myself and that's why I always, you know, try to give my, you know, my viewpoint and my help on people dealing with that. So, yeah.
0: That's beautiful. I love you.
1: Thank you. (laughs) I love you too, Billy. I think
0: think you're awesome. (laughs) You too. So if you were to go back, right, and Mm. and give the little you some advice, the small, the the eight-year-old, the 10-year-old, the 15-year-old boy, some advice, Mm. now at your age going back, what would that life advice or career advice be?
1: One thing, it would be that, you know, definitely never give up there are going to be hardships there are going to be hardships in your life that you just have to keep on pushing through and no matter how bad it gets there's always a light at the end of the tunnel and something that I've read like today is that no matter how bad it gets that it will it it'll always you know it'll always get better Things will always end. Like, you know, there's never, you're never stuck in this one moment in time. So that's what I would, that would be the advice that I'd give myself is that this moment that you're living in is not the be all end all of everything. It will get better, but it will also get worse, but it will also get better. Like, it's a constant roller coaster, you know, and that's what life is. So you just gotta keep pushing through yeah and that some of the wildest moments in your life will happen so yeah
0: yeah amen beautifully said yeah. you're such a shining light thank you keep shining that light truly i can't wait to yeah. see what's next for you i know there's great things like you said mm-hmm. never give up there's going to be yeah. down, highs and lows and there's going to be a roller coaster ride but if it's truly in you and this is your passion Then, you know, go after your dreams with a vengeance and know that this is your gift. This is your light. So, you know, shine that light. Sam, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, you know, really, truly share your your wisdom and your knowledge and your journey into Hollywood on the podcast. And uh, I I look forward to, you know, meeting you in person. We got to get together.
1: We do. Absolutely. You got to come down to the studio. Oh, for sure. I'm going to learn from the master. Yeah,
0: this is not a green screen. This is a real studio. (laughs) For
1: a second, I didn't think it was a green screen. I was like, it's very, very realistic. But
0: uh, you can actually sit in the seats. Look, I can go like this. See, I
1: can go, hello. (laughs) There you go.
0: You know, I I get that a lot, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, it's great green screen. No, no, this is a real school. (laughs) I've had (laughs) it here for eight years, you know. Oh, wow. You know, so it's, uh, you know, I love what I do. I love being (laughs) the guide and, you know, success leaves clues. And I've been very blessed, successful. And now my, my goal is to help other people achieve
1: theirs. I think every young actor, or even no matter how experienced you are, needs, you know, uh, mentors and guides to help them, you know, build their career. So yeah, on behalf of every actor, we thank uh, people like yourself that uh, do give us a roadmap and teach us how to hone our craft and become better, better artisans, you know, in the pursuit of acting. So thank you.
0: You're welcome. It's my honor. So, you know, well, let's let's do that. You got to come to acting class, you know, come come, come, come sure. sit in the class.
1: Uh, I shall. All
0: right. Take care. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.
1: And you I do. will talk to you soon. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Take care. Hey,
0: thanks for listening to the show. Please rate, review, share this with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't.